Personally, I give us one chance in three. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. Bears Nation. I think the biggest thing for him is, is making sure that the stuff that he's doing well, he continues to keep getting better at. And what, what that is, you know, for us, we know. We know what that is without getting into a whole bunch of scheme. And, and so just him now kind of thinking like we think as coaches will help him so that when he's out there on the field, whatever it is, he thinks like us. And I think that he's done a great job of getting better and better each day. I mean, he's done it in practice, and now he's getting this game experience to elevate that. Okay, you know what I just heard? Blah, 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 blah. It's time for the Bears Nation podcast. What they were able to do last year and, and end it the way they did is very, very impressive. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a second Super Bowl title. You know, being the number one explosive offense in the NFL, all in all, I think they got a really well-balanced team that is well-coached. With your hosts, Kevin Lapka. Yeah, how cool is that? And Jake Hassan. Very cool. Strap it in. It's the Bears Nation podcast. Cool. Cool, 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 cool. Let's get it. Bears Nation podcast. It is October 20th, Wednesday. And we have a great... Kevin, we've had a great run of guests lately. We, we this have, This might be man. our biggest, our best. Jared Payton joins the program, joins Bears Nation podcast to talk about the Bears. Of course, Jared, thank you so much for joining. We're excited to have you. Man, thank you guys for having me, man. You guys doing good work, man. Any Listen, anytime I get a chance to talk Bears, like, I can't pass up the opportunity, right? No, can't do it. Yeah, so Bears Nation podcast, myself, Jake Hassan, of course, with Kevin Lapka, and as previously mentioned, Jared Payton. And let's just get right into it. Bears play the Bucks. obviously a tough loss last week to the Packers. The train of misery continues, but I mean, Jarrett, I mean, we, everybody's talking about it. Your comments on the Aaron Rodgers quote from Sunday, the, I own you, man, it's uh, I put it in a tweet. I think it kind of best sums it up that like, you know, through my lifetime of, of, of actually like previously going to the, watching the game and then going through old clips from my dad, from the seventies to the eighties, you really see like how dominant, you know, the bears were. And then, you know, as I got into my teens and into my adult life to see, you know, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and what they've been able to do. And I mean, Aaron Rodgers has like terrorized me as a Bears fan. So it's been so tough. So to hear him say that at the moment, all I could say in my head was, dude, he's right. Like, mm -hmm. I can't even you can't deny the fact that he has owned the Bears since having a Packers jersey on. And it's just it's, it's very, very tough, but it also brought me back to, to thinking about how this town of Chicago and Bears fans have been searching for a quarterback, right? And we'll talk about Justin Fields, but the fact that Dan Weeder and I from the Tribune were talking last week about how I asked him, do you think this is the last time that we see Aaron Rodgers at Soldier Field in a, in a Packers uniform? And he was like, who knows? Who knows? But I said, how crazy is it? That that organization and that fan base, because my wife is from Wisconsin, her, her family are all Packer fans. She's a Packer fan. It's Jared, crazy. Jared, what are we doing yeah, here? Yeah, dude, I know. What are I we know, doing here? I know. I know With I know. your last name and everything, that, how? How? Dude, how did just, this happen? It, I have no clue how it happened, but I was hoping to be on the other side of like winning games so I could like right. stick it to them. Nah, not happening at all. That like talking to her family before the season, they're all like, Nah, we don't care if he's gone. And I was like, whoa, whoa, dude, do you not understand like what he means to the NFL, what he means to that organization? Listen, I'm a diehard Bears fan. I have to be honest, so I love the game. So I take in a lot of information. I watch a lot of football. I've never seen anybody like Aaron Rodgers before. Like, I, I just haven't. I haven't. And when it comes to watching players, he's one of my favorites to watch in the game that I've ever had a chance because of everything he's able to do, not just throwing the football, but using his legs to be able to get outside, extend plays. And his knowledge of the game is just ridiculous. It's crazy. So the fact that Packer fans are like, ah, who cares about him before the, end, the beginning of the season to now to seeing that, man, there's nothing you can say when he says he owns Chicago, he does. And so we got to figure out a way, this organization, this fan base to really kind of turn the tide and, and reverse this a little bit. And I'm hoping that, you know, Justin Fields is that answer for, for the long term because 
Uh, that young man, he has a lot of skills as well. Um, it's just really about developing those skills and, and really getting the best out of him. And I think that's what we're all waiting to see. It is what we're all waiting to see. And quite frankly, I think a lot of us, including Jake and I, thought we would see that last week, right? I mean, you look at what the Packers presented to you. Yeah, they have a good defense, but without Jair Alexander, Kevin King is out. Darnell Savage goes out in the second quarter. What Jake and I branded last week as possibly was going to be the changing of the guard, right? This is where Justin Field takes over and and proves to be the best quarterback in the North for the next 10 years, just as Aaron Rodgers was for the past 10 years. We're waiting, Jared, it seems like we're waiting for the one, the breakout game, the one game where it's like, all right, Justin Fields has arrived. And the question I have for you is, is it possible that this week is that game? Because you look at the Bucs statistically, you know, they have a, a phenomenal best rushing defense in the NFL, but they rank 27th in opponent passing yards allowed, are allowing opposing QBs to complete 70.12% of their passes, 28th worst in the league. Teams passing against teams are passing against Tampa Bay 72% of the time. If there were any week for it to happen, that breakout game, is it this week for Justin Fields? <laughs> Come on, Kev, man. You, Kev, I love you, bro. <laughs> I love, listen, I love you because ew, you just gave the stats. But guess what? I'm throwing those all out the window because we got to reverse here. Let's reverse mm-hmm. because we can talk about stats. If we, we have to talk about this Bears offense, man. Like, right. we, don't, we don't know what we're going to get. But all we do know is if you want to rattle off those stats of looking at being – 32nd in the league in passing yards and all this other stuff, dude, they have to figure it out. They still haven't found a way to be able to find an identity. And when they do have an identity, which we all three of us know what it is, it's running the football. And then off of that, the play action. And so, yeah, you thought last week was going to be, be the week I did too, because we were watching this team run a lot of outside zone and shout out to Khalil Herbert and Damian mm-hmm. Williams. I love those guys. They were running in Vegas. They were running that outside zone perfectly. And I was thinking, Oh man, we haven't seen the boot and then get to the outside and, and some explosive plays down the field. I thought it was going to be last week. I think this week is going to be hard too. I think trying to figure out a way offensively that I think the best way for them to win is going to be controlling the game on the ground and keeping Tom Brady off the field. If they can do that, then I think they have a chance to win. Explosive plays, we have not seen that consistently out of this offense. And I, I don't know. It was weird. I was Dan Weeder and I were, were talking about it today, too. After the interception, right? After the interception feels through, and then that next drive, it seemed like a whole new offense. It seemed yeah. like... Matt Nagy took over the play calling. I'm not sure what's going on there, um, but definitely the the vibe that I got early on in those first two drives of watching this offense was totally different in that third drive. And so for me, they need to find some type of rhythm, some type of balance, and they haven't been able to do that. Not just this year, you guys. That's been that's been a problem for Matt Nagy and his offense going into this year. That's we're going on four years now trying to figure out who they are. They don't have an identity. So honestly, no, I do not believe this is the week that we see Justin Fields explode and go off and go crazy. I think we see more progression. We see him take another step in his young career. Um, But a lot of Bears fans that I talk to or that I interact with on Twitter, their biggest issue now is who is going, is, is Matt Nagy the right person to be able to, help take Justin Fields to the next level. And I think that's really a, the probably the biggest question, Mark, that I think Bears fans are going to have to think about. And I and also, too, uh, this organization and that front of, they got to figure out if, if this is going to be the guy to be able to do that. And guess what? We're, we won't know until the year is almost over. And then these are conversations that the Cassidy's are going to have to have to try to figure out. Because if you watch Justin Fields in college, man, Everybody wants to talk about, I have to get this off my chest. Everybody talks about Mitchell Trubisky. Mitch and I are cool, man. I I love Mitch. I was a Mitch guy. I was a Mitch Mm -hmm. supporter, man. I I love my dude, man. 10 was my guy. You're looking, my co-host is the exact, he was probably bigger than you possibly. But but I was was a Mitch realist though, because, Mm -hmm. you know, the people that didn't watch him in college and watch his film, 
because the night that they drafted him, I was at Hallis Hall. And one of the biggest things that I did was I got home that night and I turned on his film and I watched every snap from his last year at UNC because I wanted to know what Ryan Pace saw in this young man to be able to, to move up and to get this guy, right? And I did. And what I saw was exactly what we all saw throughout his time in a Bears uniform. It was flashes here and there, the lack of consistency at the position, the inability to kind of be able to dissect the defense and figure it out. And he was really good at hurry up situations. EI, when the Bills came to Soldier Field in preseason where we saw him light up everything is because, you know, you keep that defense on the field, they can't change. For him, it's getting the ball out quick. Everybody wanted to put it on Mitch and say, uh, you know, it, Mitch is no good. Well, you could say that if you want to, but also, too, we know his, his skills. We all saw what he was good at. He wasn't used properly here. So I don't know if, if it was Mitch was bad or was it 50-50 here that they didn't get the most out of him. But that's been like one of my biggest questions of trying to figure out because I look at it and it doesn't seem like they did that. So who's to say that they're going to get the best out of Justin Fields? And I think that's what scares me the most because mm -hmm. watching his college film, dude, there's no denying what that young man did, dude. Like I played in every single big time bowl game. Every one I was there. The only one I didn't play in, but I was there was the Sugar Bowl against Florida. I played in all those bowls. When you're playing in, in national championships and big time games and you're able to, to overshadow everybody else that's on the field and stand out like Deshaun Watson did when he played Alabama, like mm -hmm. there's certain dudes that you watch and you go, that dude has it. Dude, Fields has it, you guys. There's no doubt about it. He yes. has it. He's trying to figure out how to get the best out of him. And I, I still think that's a question mark. But having him kind of make that progression as time goes on, I think – that's all I want to see. Wins and losses to me right now, it's not really a, it's not really a big deal for me right now. I know everybody else is like, oh, you know, nah. My biggest thing mm -hmm. is is watching Justin Fields develop and to keep getting better every single game because he's the future. I didn't. I never looked at this team at the beginning of the year thinking that they were a playoff team. I didn't. Mm -hmm. I'm just being honest. Never thought it. And I thought that they would win maybe seven or eight games. So. To me, now the focus is on trying to get Justin Fields to a, a point where he's successful. He can kind of build on the things that he's doing on the field because everybody's going, well, keep him off the field, put Dalton in. No, this kid is a baller. Only way he's going to get better is being on the football field and, and going through those situations. You can learn as much as you want in practice. It's totally different once you get out there on the field. Yeah, and you're seeing that step by step progression every you know because he was behind the eight ball when he started. He just started practicing with the starters, and now each start he gets a little better. I mean, the comment section is not going to like you for that because every week I say it's going to be baby steps, and they yell at me for saying that you got to be patient. But well, I, I mean, but, but hey, hey, Jake, Jake, let them hate, man. Let oh yeah, hate. no. Well, I, I said this. I said this on our last show. Everyone wants Justin Herbert. Everyone wants Justin Herbert, who's going to come out and light it up right away and set records. And I said this on our last show that rookie prog progression, especially with a quarterback, is not linear. It's going to be different for everyone. And for Justin Fields, considering the situation he's in, yeah. it's going to clearly take some time. Yeah, but hold up. Let's be let's be real with this situation. Like, he can only do so much. Right. Like, we're talking about, do you guys, listen, Kevin, Jake, do you guys remember at the beginning of the season, what was, what, what was the biggest issue that, Everybody was talking about on the offensive side of the ball. What was everybody worried about? They were worried about that line. offensive line, right? Yep. Okay. Ha have they kind of gelled a little bit and gotten better? Yes. But that is one of the positions when you look at where the defense is and that front seven, and, and you look at the money that's been spent on the defense and other guys, some guys on the offensive side of the ball, uh, Tariq Cohen, like, you know, the one position that hasn't truly been identified and really like really honed in on is that offensive line. And you're not winning a championship. You're not getting deep in the playoffs unless you can dominate on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And so that is one of my issues. And, and, and you saw it, you saw it in the Cleveland game, man, that young man was running for his life. 
And I, my, my issue as a running back, when I was playing in Tennessee, the week that we played the Colts, man, it was all about all about Dwight Freeney. I don't care what <laughs> route you have. You come down, you chip, then you get in, you help that tackle out, you chip. The fact that after halftime, they didn't make those adjustments. Mm-hmm. They didn't make any adjustments. Do, do, they, I, I said it on a tweet that went crazy and went viral. Do they, they, they failed Justin Fields that game, man. There's yes. no way. There's, there's no way. You can't explain to me how you didn't make those adjustments to be able to help that young man out. And they did it. And that's one of the things that I'm going to always have a hard time as this season moves on to like get past because man, we could be talking about something totally different right now about that young man getting hurt in that game, seriously mm-hmm. hurt. Yeah. And the fact that he didn't, we're, we're, we're truly, truly lucky. And um, man, that was, I'll never be able to get forgive <laughs> Matt Nagy for that moment. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, it's something you have to be worried about this week too. I mean, because that Tampa Bay front seven is legitimate too. Yeah, you're going to have to find a way to be able to run the football and going up against that front seven, I mean, they're not giving up any rushing yards really. And so they're going to have to find a way. And that means you're going to have to put your big boy pants on. And when we get to this level, everybody wants to talk about, even myself, like, oh, you know, offensive line needs to get better. Well, guess what? They're, you know, when you look at the numbers of guys that are in, that get to the NFL that make it, right? a small number man the percentage is really small so if you're there that means you're good enough to be there most of the time dude this is this is one of those weekends where the bears that offensive line are gonna have to be put their big boy pants on and let's ride and let's we got to run the football man and not get away from it and i think the hardest part by watching matt Nagy and his offense since he's taken over as head coach is that this team is kind of built to get the lead early on and then have yes. the defense kind of yeah. like hold you up. But that hasn't been the case. The case has been they're playing from behind. They want to air it out, throw the ball short here and there, intermediate throws, and use, you know, wide receiver screen here as like a run and this and that. No, that's not how you that's not how you win games, man. Like every year since '99, I've been going to the Super Bowl to give out the Walter Payton Man of the Year award. The one thing that I've always seen. Is that those teams that get to the Super Bowl, they can run the ball in some form or fashion. They run the football. So I know everybody wants to air it out and they want to be, you know, high flying offense and scoring. If you can't run the ball and control the game on the ground, you're not you're not getting to a championship. You're not winning that trophy. You're not holding it over your head at the end of the season. So I'm hoping that they can find a way to get the lead early and stay with the run because I know if they're down. The run game becomes absent. It's on like on the back of a milk carton somewhere. <laughs> but to that point, like I do see the better teams in the NFL be able to go down, get down early and come back. Like you look at the Chargers and you look at, you know, the Ravens and and the, the Rams and the Cardinals and the teams with those air raid offenses. Like the run game is important. But what I think this relates to that I, I Jake and I have had this conversation. I, I really want to ask you it is. You know, this old adage of defense wins championships, right? And, and for Bears fans, we have adopted this. We, we, we've we adopted this for years, right? I mean, this is, you know, you, the way you look at the way they've allocated resources. You know, maybe last year you you, you kind of turn away from that because you choose Jimmy Graham over Kyle Fuller, sure. But overall, you have allocated more money to the defensive side of the ball, and you have developed this identity that you're going to win games by defense. The problem is, I don't know how sustainable that is. Do you think that... That adage, defenses win championships, is dead here in 2021 with the offenses we see today? Uh, no, I still think it's a big deal. I, I still think it's that's another uh, added piece to those teams that can run the football. They also are the ones that win are the teams that play good defense, right? Um, mm-hmm. We saw that we saw that last season. Um you know, with the Bucks. I mean, that defense was so huge once you right. got to playoff time that they 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 really helped shut things down. Um, we can go back to what the uh, Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl championship against mm-hmm. Carolina when he was in Denver. Same thing. The defense kind of like did what they needed to do. You make some plays here and there, but I still think it's a big deal nowadays. It's, I mean, even. 
look at what happened to Kansas City. I mean, your offense starts sputtering a little bit and your defense can't hold anybody. Next thing you know, now you're out. Um, look at the big chunk yardage play that Green Bay gave up uh, in against uh, against the Bucks. I mean, same thing. Like, you've got to be able to make plays. And I think nowadays in 2021, it's not just that. It's not just having a good defense. It's being balanced on both ends, being able to make those plays, to be able to have those explosive plays. And when you watch games, right, you're watching games. I forgot what what game it was after the Cleveland game that came on. I think it was the Rams and somebody else. And I was watching these dudes just air out the ball, and I'm going, dude, we don't see that in Chicago, man. Like, <laughs> where, where, where is this offense, man? And and mm. to be sold on that four years ago, that like, you know, Matt Nagy was going to take this and and this offense and bring it into the new era. Um, and the fact that earlier this week, you know, I'm still trying to figure out like 14 points against the Packers, like, yo, like you score first drive next thing you know, you don't score till the fourth quarter. Like what's going on here. I don't know how they fix this. And, um, they, they, they got to find a way because I mean, it, it comes down and it's all on his plate, like it or not. I mean, that's why I always thought that he should have gave up play calling a, a long time ago. It gives you a little bit bigger shelf life and longer <laughs> shelf life. Right. Because then you could blame somebody else. Exactly. But, exactly. But, but it was, but it was telling you guys to hear Justin Fields kind of talk about that first game after, you know, mm-hmm. he let go of play calling to listen to Justin Fields talk about how it's tough for Nagy on the sidelines. Cause if the offense isn't going well, now you're worrying about, he's got to worry about all three phases of the game. But if the offense isn't going well, he's not in a good mood. So those conversations with his quarterback are a little tense. And then he was talking about how refreshing it is to have Bill Lazor to have the way his calmness. The calmness, I mean? like, yep. Yeah, that's there's something to say about that. So if it is too much for you, and I would like to see I, – I know this sounds crazy, but there's only like a handful of dudes, head coaches, Andy Reid, that can sit there and have done it for a long period of time that can call plays on field level. Mm-hmm. There's something to say – why everybody wants to watch the all 22 when the game's over a couple of days later. So they can see everything from, from the sky, right? Mm-hmm. Because you, you see the game different from up high. Bill Lazor sees the game different from the sky, from the box. Right? He can kind of see what's going on. I, I would love to see Matt Nagy one day, just go up in the box and be able to call plays and see if that makes a difference, honestly. So we can actually see what's going on. Instead of being on the field, it's hard field level, unless you're one of those OGs like Andy Reid, and not everybody's an OG like that. Mm. Yeah, so you brought it up earlier, though. I mean, do you are you sold that this is fully Bill Lazor calling all the plays? Because I, I'm not, I I am not sold that this is completely <laughs> Bill Lazor. I have no, I have no clue. You can't be. I have no, he's he's. It's. I think that's the question that a lot of Bears fans have, man, and I, I just don't know if we'll ever get you know a straight answer. You guys know how how hard it is. It's hard for them to even talk about it because, I mean, this is the thing that, you know, Bears fans were sold on. And so if you don't have an answer for it, it's going to be – it's gonna it makes it even harder. And I just don't know how they fix this because you look at the roster and the way that it's set up, and then, you know, you, you look at there, – there's a lot of good pieces, but it still feels like it's still not there yet. And how can you not be there? It's year four. It's year four. How are you not there yet? Like, haven't you figured it out? And, you know, our job on our end is to talk about it. Their job Mm -hmm. on their end is to fix it. Fix it. Figure out how to fix it. Because if you can't fix it, you know what that means. That means somebody else is going to have to find a way to come in and fix it. And I know Bears fans are just, they're, they're hot, man. Cause they want to see it, and I'm and I am I'm tired, man. I, dude, I love the '85 Bears, man. Love them to death. <laughs> I love them to death. You know what? Shout out to all those guys. They're all my uncles. They're still eating off of that championship, and rightfully so, rightfully so. But guess what, man? I want to see another one, man. I want to see another championship. We're getting to, it's getting up close to. I'm 40 years old, about to be 41. We're getting close to my age and how long it's been since we've seen a bears championship. 
I'm all here for trying to figure out how to get it done and make it happen because this franchise is the best. I mean, we talk, right. it is, it's we're, we're the founding fathers of the league, man. You look at the names that have been in this organization. I mean, you go through the hall of famers, the guys that gave blood, sweat and tears to be able to get this organization to where it is. The Bears should be good every single year. I'm not, we should be in the hunt. We we should never be out of it. If we don't win it, we should be in the hunt. We should be in the conversation. And that's what I'm, I'm hoping and praying that one day we can get back to because I'm getting tired of hearing people from, you know, other cities call me like, yo, what's going on with your boys? I'm like, I I don't know. Do you know? No. But But no, but it's, the guys inside that locker room, they're working hard. It's not like they're not working hard. Exactly, man. They, they, they're busting their butts. They, it's just everything hasn't like kind of figured itself out. And so this week is huge on Sunday because if they go to Tampa and they get blown out, you guys, I'm telling you right now, the morale and everything else that's going on, Matt Nagy's going to have a hard time bringing this thing back. And this is where – you can start seeing a season spiral out of control if they go and get beat bad. So they got to either win this game or keep it close. Cause if they don't and Monday here in Chicago, it's going to, there's going to be a lot of conversation and it won't be a good conversation. I will say it does seem like the bears keep the games that they're supposed to get blown out in close and then get blown out in the games that they're supposed to keep close. Like it's, it, it's the complete opposite of what you'd expect. Like every, the spread is 12 and a half in this game. Everyone's predicting them to get blown out. I could see them coming in, at least keeping it close in the first half. Like they usually do in, in, in games that they end up getting blown out in. It's typically 10 to seven at some point in the second quarter, you have a chance to make the one explosive play that turns the momentum and they never do it. So I, I don't, you're right, though, because for years we've talked about and going into last week as well, the team is built on momentum. You look at the winning streaks that they've had. I mean, they're sixth in the league since 2018 uh, in, in wins after a win. So they're, they're 19 and 10 since 2018 in, in games after a win. And what is, that speaks directly to momentum and to culture and to building that and morale. And it's like the highs are super high when it comes to that but the lows are really, really low. And you saw that last year with the six-game losing streak. Like, it can get ugly quickly, and all it takes is a few dominoes to fall, and it feels like you've lost the locker room and the, and the organization has crumbled. So, yeah, I mean, this is a crucial game, and unfortunately you have a daunting opponent in Tampa Bay, and I think the Bears are a better team at home. They've proven that. Going on the road to Tampa Bay with a matchup that doesn't really suit the way you want to play offensively, it's, 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 it's not encouraging, let's say no. that. But um, are you so? What's your prediction for the game? Are you? I mean, are you? Are you seeing any sort of upset? Or are you going with the with the loss for the Bears on Sunday? <sighs> uh, well, let, let's put it this way. Let's freeze it, it this way. You, you said, but Jake, Jake, there's no, there is no Robert Quinn, and like no. you know, coming into the season, right, yeah. Robert Quinn was like the question mark, right? Like, yo. Mm-hmm. He's got to get off, dude. That's what's been so much fun to watch is that this Bears defense has been holding up their end of the bargain, man. They've yeah. been doing what they need to. I mean, tied for the league in sacks. That's what you want to see. They're getting after the quarterback. Uh, man, Khalil Mack's playing well. Quinn's playing well. So to have those two on a vibe and then you miss one of those guys, um, you know, this is one of those key games where you got to have a pass rush and you got to find a way. The, the teams that beat Brady – and whether it was if it's in uh, Tampa or if it's in New England, man, it's getting after him, making him feel uncomfortable in the pocket. If you can't do that and you let him sit back, we know how fast he gets the ball out of his hands. Right. It, it could, and knowing the kind of competitor he is, man, after what happened last year, oh. at Soldier Field, you know, he, you know, he hasn't forgot about that. He Revenge has not game. forgot about that. So this is, this could be one of those days where he wants, yeah, he wants. He wants to put up 400 on you, if he, man. Like, <laughs> and he will do that. Yeah. He will do that. If he throws four touchdowns, you know exactly what he's doing. The moment he throws the fourth touchdown, he's doing this right into the, the yeah. CBS TV cameras. So what, exactly he did, what this, he's doing. I, I think it's going to be a tough one. Um, I thought last week was the perfect time for them to get the yes. dub. And I think this is going to be a tough one. I, I don't see them winning. I'm, I'm hoping right. that they do. But I think it's going to be a tough one for them to try to get that dub out there in Tampa. 
Well, like, and you know, we know we got to let you go. So real quick, you said you wanted to, I'm on the same wavelength as you just, I want to see Justin Fields get a little bit better for you against a really good defense with Tampa. What would be a successful Justin Fields game to you? Man, I'm, uh, I mean, I'm talking, I want to see him air it out. I want maybe close to anywhere from like high two hundreds, maybe 300 yard game, (laughs) two touchdowns. Two tutties, um, and another like maybe like fifty on the ground. Um, mm. Take care of the football. Hey, I want to see him take. Yeah. I want to see him take care of the football. And you know, over time, I think my biggest thing with him is um, watching his the way he delivers the football. Um, mm-hmm. I still think that there's a little bit because the game is so fast and the clock in his head is moving so fast that sometimes those decisions, and this takes a long time. The way he throws here is a long time. You see these guys, it's here and throw where the, it's the windup. Over time, I want to see him get better at making those quick decisions. But also, too, in this offense, having a check down where it's over the football, where a running back is looking, no protection, check up down, and just dumping the ball off here and there. Let him kind of get comfortable with the game. And I, I want to see him keep progressing. I. I've been happy with what I've seen. I didn't think he was going to come in and was going to change just because I look at the roster and what he has around him and knowing the play caller and, and all that other stuff to start the season. I knew it was going to be a, a learning process. He's still learning. Uh, but I, this is the people that are like upset about quarterbacks of the past. They got to let that go, man. This is, we've never had anything like this here in the city. Exactly. Never, never. There's, we've never at that position. We have never had a duel with his skill set, never. So it's going to take time. I know we're all anxious because we want to see it happen right away. But this is a process. And it's either you keep him on the sideline and, and that process is slowed down because for him, he's a gamer. He's got to play. And he's going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. We're going to see it. And we saw it last week. Man, when he's on, he's on. He makes some throws and some tight windows that you look and you go, dang, are you serious? Like, how did he do that? And so we're amazed, but we want to see it all the time. That is only going to come with time. So Bears fans have to pump the brakes a little bit. Just watch this young kid grow. Hopefully he can stay healthy for the remainder of the season. And that after this season, he'll have a lot of these things in his – oh, let's go back real quick. Man, coming out of college, talked about him being the smartest, the smartest quarterback of the group that were coming out this past. Yes. Right. So him being able to process this stuff is going to be awesome at the end of the season, because that's where he's going to be able to go through and watch the film. And the way that he works and his work ethic is something that you can't teach. He wants to be the best. So that goes to show me right now, if you add those two things together in his athletic ability, Young man has the potential to be super, super special. Um, it's just not going to happen overnight. Bears fans just have to pump the brakes a little bit, and let's just take it game by game and watch him grow. And one thing I wanted to add to that, too, uh, real quick, is you look at the ways in which you can see Justin Fields progress and, and be, you know, I've put him in the tier of like a Kyler Murray. When you talk about his running ability, he's not in the upper echelon of Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is in a different stratosphere, but I don't see why he can't be a Kyler Murray. Do you think uh, he should and the offense should be incorporating more QB designed runs because he has four four speed? I've seen it at Ohio State. I I I just think that that can add a completely different element to their offense. And they're not utilizing it correctly. One more, then we'll let you go. Yeah, I I, I do. I want to see that, but I also think that you have to be you have to be very very careful with health. Um, yeah, with health over right. time. I mean, it's. It's especially with a rookie, you know, because you, you see guys just even Mitch had an issue with that because he is that was one of his biggest gifts was his feet. And they didn't use that enough either. But we also saw shoulder problems, too, while he was here in Chicago and some of those those by taking hits and stuff like that. So you got to be very, very cautious. But, yes, do I want to see it? Yeah. He's got to be smart about it, too, and not try to be Superman. But, yeah, I think it, it adds another dynamic to your offense, which, you know, other teams have to kind of game plan for. And it, it's not easy week to week to have a guy with that type of skill set 
on your roster to be able to run your your scout team and what you're looking at for your defense. So, yeah, mixing it up a little bit, I think definitely would help. But yes, you're early on, you're going to have to use it now while you can, but you also have to be smart about it. And I'm, I'm very, always very cautious with how much you run quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, um, because, you know, we all in that game, man, playing the game, we're all runners, especially offensive guys. Sorry, I'm still not sure oh. about that. Oh, that's Siri. <laughs> Siri's going off. <laughs> Siri on my watch. Was Siri's going not on. sure about Justin Fields' running sure ability. He's he, he good. He's good. Siri's good. <laughs> so I, I, I just be very cautious, but I, I just I just hope Bears fans just understand this kid's special. Let's sit back and watch. Let's enjoy. And let's not rush the process, man. There's a lot of other things that need to be kind of implemented and things that this that Ryan Pace or long-term, whoever the GM is going to be long-term, has to fix to get this thing right. And it should be all about building around Justin Fields and making sure he has all the utensils and, and everything in his bag to be able to be successful because we see it. In the NFL now, man, all these quarterbacks, they're doing everything they can to be able to be successful. And, you know, the ones that the great ones, as they get older, then they get an opportunity to be able to, to shop for the groceries too, right? Tom right. Brady said, y'all, I want this guy. I want this guy. Bring Gronk. I want to bring, right? That's what you, that's where you want to, that's where you want to be at some point, because then, you know, when you have that guy, man, you put the pieces around him. That's what helps you get to what everybody's trying to get to, and that's the Super Bowl championship. Jarrett, One day. you were awesome. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, Jarrett Payton, everyone, at Payton Son. Really appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, we got to have right you back. There. It's right there, man. It's right Payton there. Son. It's, yeah, Boy, it's right there. Twitter. All right, we'll, we'll bring you back to be a uh, recurring guest. All right, cool, man. I appreciate uh, you guys, man. Keep doing good work, man. You guys are doing Bears Nation. like just You're doing everybody proud, man. So keep doing what you're doing. Enjoy yourself. and. Man, keep talking what you need to talk, man. You guys got to be that gospel for the Bears fans out there, man, because they need more content. So you got to keep making that content. You We're know? Trying, well, well, that's why we got to bring you back. We got to keep it going. We got to keep the gravy yeah, chain rolling. You, you know how we do, baby. <laughs> yeah. right, Jared guys, Payton, everyone. Thank you very Appreciate much. It, Jared. Appreciate it, Jared. Jared. Take it easy. Right. Jared Payton, everyone, joined Bears Nation podcast. Great conversation. was awesome. We, uh, he originally gave us a little bit of time and then it went into a big amount of time. So we appreciate that, Jarrett. Yeah, thank yeah, you awesome. so much. Thank Super you for generous. your time. I mean, said a lot of stuff that we've talked about, you know, I mean, a lot of stuff that we've talked about on the show, specifically mm-hmm. with Justin Fields' development, specifically <laughs> with that. Yeah, specifically with that. He, he spoke a lot about that. And again, specifically with him, like it, you know, he, he really sees it as well. And he's kind of that, that voice that you have been for a while about, look, this is oh, it, imagine this is that patience. Oh, Maybe Jake so, knows what he's talking so about. Crazy. I don't, validation. This is crazy validation. Validation. Nothing, after the comments nothing, were after oh the comment section was yelling at me on Monday for my defense for my defense of Sam Mustafer and and last week of taking baby steps. Crazy how that works. I got to be honest. Most of the Love guests that come on the show validate Jake Hassan. I mean, validated you. Adam Ho validated you. Adam Johns validated you. Uh, Jared Payton okay. validated you. Uh, probably I'm just gonna Chris keep a Black. list going. You can just I, I think I might. List. I might people, put a list up on the wall and just. Uh, I'll get a whiteboard, go. and I'll get that. The people who have validated you. And then any. And then anytime you argue with me, I'm just gonna reference the board. I think that's how that'll work. <laughs> yeah, I think that works. Don't say anything and. Just hey, right. I'll just, I'll a, just that's a good strategy. I mean, I need to get something on these walls because I've I've been here for six months yeah, and there's you, been nothing on these too. walls. I mean, I've got the flags and you know the. Well, you're still in college that. too. Like, yeah, it's, but it's easier for you. you. You just roll over. Stuff you don't got a, and, You don't. You don't have like a, a poster, you know, hanging around a Game of Thrones or something. I mean, uh, uh, that's God forbid word. you put a St. Louis Cardinals poster up or anything nah, of that nah, nature. Nah, nah. But well, I had uh, a Mike Dick picture, but it's hanging in the hallway. Oh, well, what the heck? For the well, that's for the entire apartment it is signed no big deal okay whoa there you go but look man i mean again back to the actual football back back to the actual great guest that we just had uh that was phenomenal but it's like again this fan base and this will this will be the case is is naturally impatient but the 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 problem is the impatience has grown because now you have the guy that's supposed to relieve your impatience 
but it's still not coming. So the, the impatience has exponentially grown. And that's why you're starting to see you. That's why overreaction Monday gets elevated. Now that's why the yeah. next few, the, the next few weeks, it's like, okay, this is supposed to be where it's happening. You know, like with Mitch Trubisky, people were impatient, but everybody also kind of knew that the expectations were lower in, in those years. Now, when you raise the expectations and you're not meeting the raised expectations, it becomes a heck of a lot more frustrating. But as Jarrett said, and this is why it's so important to hear it from him, to hear it from an established person who's, you know, you know, familiar with the players, familiar with the familiar with the organization is he's, first of all, not in the correct situation to where you may never even see his full potential this year, which Jake has spoken about. But it's also going to take a significant amount of time to where that that real floor is hit, you know, where that real floor and a floor. What I mean is floor of Justin Fields potential, which we, what we know as, you know, you scouts ceiling. or no, 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 because he hasn't, Jake, it feels like he hasn't reached his floor. Like the ceiling is the peak that I mentioned that we probably won't see in 2021, but the floor of at least, you know, the 280 yards, the three touchdowns, you know, like that should okay, be. So, so, okay. So you're talking about like the average, like expect, yes, like what, like you, okay. Like right. a baseline. And that's why, exactly. And that's why people okay. are frustrated because they know he's capable of more. They know he's capable of at least 250 a week and two touchdowns and, it's below that, and that's that's at least that frustration. But it was great to hear from Jarrett that look, this is a process, this is patience, and you have to take in consideration the situation. And if you don't do that, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna look at it the same way you looked at things in the past. It, you know, the problem becomes the quarterback when that's not always the case. And like I said, Jake, those casuals are out there. Those casuals are out there on Facebook, on on Twitter with their trigger fingers saying, "I don't know, I don't know if Justin's the guy." You know, the, I don't know. We got we got to figure it out now. But you have to take it everything consideration and be patient so yeah patience is something that you know chicago bears fans are very well known for obviously no but i mean you're right we need to see the baseline and and just i mean because i don't want to spend too much time on mitch trubisky that ship has sailed but his expectations i think were lower in his rookie season because you had the john fox factor too like you knew john fox went up there one game and and bragged about throwing the ball seven times only in in a game so 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 why did not have a play to justin fields then in high, Jake, in five years, we'll be saying the same thing. We'll be saying, well, we have to have temporary expert expectations in Justin Fields' rookie year because he had Matt Nagy. The way you're talking well, about John well, Fox well, that, Trubisky right, but, will be the same way we're talking well, about Justin Fields and, and Matt and Nagy. It, and it may be, but I, I'm talking about in like comparison right now. Like Matt Nagy's in his fourth year as a head coach. And whereas John Fox had – like you knew who John Fox was going in. Yes, we have a good idea of who Matt Nagy is four years in. But like it's not that same twenty year experience, you know what I mean? So it's a little bit different. But actually, talking about this game, uh, yeah, one go. thing w- one thing that I, I thought of when you were referencing Tampa Bay's stats as, as far as passing defense goes, they're near the bottom. They're in the you know bottom five, six, however much of the league in passing defense specifically, because we know their rushing defense is phenomenal. But also, and, and Jarrett yeah. Jar- kind of mentioned this. It doesn't really matter. Like you reference the stats. The Bears, though, are also in the bottom of the league offensively passing. I know. I know. I I get why you brought it up. It made sense to bring it up. But it's also, I mean, we're just not. The one thing that does make me, and, and, you know, we talk about Justin Fields' progression and the baby steps and why he can maybe have a good game. And and like Jared said, I just want to see, and you mentioned the baseline and see that progression is that he's still being aggressive. He's still being that aggressive guy. He's still that taking those true. shots. Um, I, he's still first in, in aggressiveness rating, which is crazy. Yeah. And which considering, especially that his top target quote unquote, if you want to consider Allen Robinson, that I'm still considering Darnell Mooney, Justin Fields, personal top target, but Perfect. Allen Robinson's getting no separation. He's not getting anything on his routes. So Second to last in the league. I mean, it, it's good. It's good to see. I, I just want to personally see the continued, use of everyone uh cole Komet specifically we saw him kind of the continued have, use of everyone from last continued. week from, from last week like we going, saw uh, you you saw cole Komet. that's a step up because you okay, before it was just fine. mooney and robinson now you got fine. three guys i'll i take that as a step uh, up but anyway let's get into the injury report uh from today it wasn't great um but uh, garrett mentioned robert Quinn is someone who you're probably not going to have this week and it depends does he get that second because so here's the difference though 
and a lot of people don't understand this, and this is why reporters have asked for months what the player's vaccination status is, is because Fair. if you are vaccinated, you can return to play with two negative tests 24 hours apart. So Robert Quinn tested positive, but because he's vaccinated, if he receives two negative tests 24 hours apart, he is eligible to play on Sunday. Whereas if you were unvaccinated, no shot you could play. You got to hold out, you know, the 10 day quarantine. Do we know if Damian Williams is vaccinated? I mean, I'm not so super worried about that because Khalil Herbert right. is still I'm not really worried good, about it. I don't know, but it, it I, would be nice. It would be it would nice. Be nice to, to know. So anyway, I think going he's down, out regardless, Damian. I think he's okay. out for this week regardless. But okay, I'm not so sure. going through the injury report, Jimmy Graham still got his veteran rest day, did not practice. Uh, Akeem Hicks did not practice. Jakeem Grant Sr. did not practice. Caleb Johnson did not practice. Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson round out the do not practice. Of course. I again, I Cleo Mack didn't practice on the first doesn't day matter. last week. Does it doesn't matter. matter. I think, especially, especially if Robert Quinn's status is in doubt, Cleo Mack's gonna play. Um, I would venture to say that Al Robinson is gonna play as well. Um, elsewhere, all um, full practices from Herbert and Crawford, uh, Tayshon Gibson Sr. Limited. It, it, it's worth watching. I'm just going through the list, Kevin. Shut up, JP Holtz Limited, Darnell Mooney Limited. So, I mean, you're gonna get. I mean, I think Cleo Mack plays. I think Allen Robinson plays, but Akeem Hicks, he's the one I'm worried about. Uh, I'm not sure Akeem. he's going to Yeah, yeah sure I mean, look, yeah, I don't, I, uh, but he always finds a way to play somehow, some way. And then he gets re injured on a Right. So, so here's yeah. my thing with that with Akeem Hicks. Like, he always <laughs> like, finds some way to play. <laughs> Is it more harmful to have him play and go out after half a quarter and not return to the game than to not have him play at all? No, it's not like, more, like legitimately more harmful because oh, then, because, because then that's a, and then it's he's not that healing. too. But then that's also a spot you have to fill that with, you didn't think you had to fill pregame is what you're saying. Like you right, didn't know right. you they, didn't like you game planned. Okay, we're gonna have a keem. All right, cool. And then you lose them five minutes in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean there. Yeah, there, there's fairness to that, but I don't know. I mean, again, look, I, this is and I said you said I said two weeks ago, Jake. What did I say? Like I, I look, he's influential, but he's not as influential as what he used to be. Like I think everybody has come to that same point where you see Akeem Hicks on the injury report, and it isn't as much of an oh shit moment as it has been in the past. You know what I mean? But Fair. don't get without a doubt, without a doubt, he is valuable to that defense, and he means a lot. But again, you know, if Mario Edwards would just stop committing unnecessary roughness penalties and taunting penalties he, he's been great in that spot and eddie goldman needs to ramp it up a little bit but that's why you know i, I think a, a lot of this it the the pressure from inside matters but if you want to take last year's game as you know a formula to beat the Tampa Bay buccaneers it starts and ends with Khalil Mack. the dude had three sacks last year and it, it's almost like you almost feel you almost feel like if he doesn't get three this week, they don't have a chance to win, right? Like that's almost what it feels like. So that's why that's what I mean when I say it starts with and it ends with Khalil. And it's also to say this, you know, people who are worried about Robert Quinn not being there. Well, last year's game, Robert Quinn was probably all but a non-factor in that game last year. And Khalil still had three sacks. He's capable of doing it on his own, but it, it starts up front. And I like, again, this is this is what frustrates me though because Jarrett said you're winning this game uh you go up with an early lead and your defense holds them out i i don't know if that's possible i don't like uh, on the road you know fans in the stands there was no fans last year you're at home i don't know what difference that made but you're on the road in Tampa Bay all of this i again I just the, I, have, the, I don't have the, faith they can the, do it. I don't. No, oh God, no! Because also, I mean, we Jarrett mentioned it, and we've talked about it before. Revenge factor here is yeah, you freaking huge. Know. Like it's just like you know, like he said, you know, it's going to be something that he's been thinking about for the past year plus, and you know that I mean, Tom Brady is someone that is just going to that competitor, and he's just that mm -hmm. guy who's going to want to be. He's going to want to stick it to you because he's okay, going to want to give revenge. He probably wanted to stick it to Nick Foles last year and he didn't do it. So, what? No, the conclusion is. So, so now it's double. That's worse. No, 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 no. You start Nick Foles. That's what you do in this game. Sit Justin Fields on the bench, start Nick Foles, and you win. I, I What are the odds uh, of Nick Foles getting a snap in this game? Plus 47,000, probably. You, you got a quarter to place on the odds of Nick Foles starting a snap? Uh, no. But look, so here, okay. 
this is why, and 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 the, I I just I just don't like I. This is why I'm so confused because look, if and I we went on this Bucks podcast last night. Cool guys over there, Bucks report. Follow them. And what I told them was like. Teams are rushing against the Buccaneers at the lowest clip in the league. Guess what percentage of the times teams are rushing against the Buccaneers? If you had to guess, guess what it is. How many, how, what percentage of the time are they rushing against the Buccaneers? It's very low. It's 11%. Okay, that's that's too low. 27%. <laughs> but the next best is like 34. Okay. Damn. So teams do their research. I don't yeah. know if Matt Nagy does. I don't know if Matt Nagy. I mean, does Matt Nagy really look at at this stuff in the middle of the week? I don't well, know. Well, I mean, I mean, he does but, have a propensity to abandon the run, so it, yeah. But I but, mean, this but, might but, work out. Like, but he. Well, that's what I'm saying is like he. If he looks at these stats and he looks at the previous games that, and you look, and what I want to do is highlight how the teams that had beat them, the one team that has beat them, the Los Angeles Rams beat them was it wasn't by a dominating running game. Sony Michelle had 67 yards on 20 rushes in the game it was the leading rusher for the Rams. He rushed for like 3.1 yards per carry. You're not winning that game with Khalil Herbert rushing the ball 25 times. You're not. Right. And that's why, and that's why I asked Jared, the first question I asked was, is this the game? Justin Fields, you know, is it the breakout game? And that wasn't, it wasn't because, and like, I meant that more of a question as, is it this, is that, is this the game because they have a vulnerable defense or is this the game because he gets the opportunities now? I mean, he's still, I mean, how many passes did he throw for last week? I don't remember. 27. He hasn't thrown for 30. He hasn't. And like, 27 was his highest though. Yeah. He was his highest. So that's maybe we're, maybe we see 34. Like I would love 34, 26 for 34. I would dream of that stat line. And the if you look at the Rams and how they beat Tampa Bay, they first started with a whole lot of dink and dunk and underneath stuff. And, yeah. and they're vulnerable. They, they, they allow those things underneath. And if that's the case, great. If the Bears are good at one thing, it's dinking and ducking your team to death, right? Yeah. But the things that the Rams did and, the, and what well, they have the they, capability to do. I don't know if they're good at it because they don't really. Okay, okay. The they're not good at it, win, but they know how but... to do it. They, they, they try it. They're going to at least do it. You know they're going to do that. Uh, you like wide receiver screens? It, shit, you're going to see that. But the thing that Los Angeles was able to do that won them that game and broke down Tom Brady because you saw Tom Brady on the bench with the hands on his head, and you rarely see Tom Brady like that. Um, mm-hmm. They were able to hit on the explosive plays. I mean, Deshaun Jackson scored a 75-yard touchdown. Cooper Cup was found on the field a bunch of times. He had nine receptions, two touchdowns. You can start building rhythm. With the short game, with the dinks and dunks, but if you don't make that game back-breaking play, the explosive play, you're not beating this team, and the Bears can't do that. So that's that's why I'm like, this matchup sucks. This matchup is terrible for you because the Bears want to run you to death. They want to dink and dunk you to death, but they can't. They, and it'll work for one drive, Jake. Again, they might. It might be seven to seven at the start of this game. Bears come out with a great drive, you know, a dink and dunk, a few great runs, right, and then. They can't hit on the explosive plays, and it all goes downhill. So that's why this matchup sucks for the Bears. And I, I'm sounding like a Debbie Downer, which is very rare for me. Uh, the the eternal optimist Kevin Lapka has left my the soul has left my body. Um, <laughs> but that's that's the that's the way I see this game, Jay. No, and here's the thing. I mean, I don't think anybody can be you know, call us pessimists or say that we're being Debbie Downers for this game <laughs> I because you have to be realistic. You, it yeah, will, yeah, I mean, but you, there was a realistic given the injuries right. and given that, you know, the Packers, what they've done this year, they've looked vulnerable. Tampa Bay's looked unbelievable all year, especially their front seven. Tom Brady looks great this year. Tom Brady and Antonio Brown have been like this best buds all year. So that's why, I mean, we can't be, we can't be accused of being Debbie Downers when you have a very aggressively aggressively mediocre team in the bears going against the defending super bowl champs who are going to be super bowl contenders you have to think once again Uh, so that's why we're being debbie downers that's why the spread is 12 and a half that's why we're going into this week that's why we're we're talking about with Jarrett payton we just want to see some progression from justin fields we just want to see a a little bit of uh, progression let him air it out let the kid throw that's that's why because and here's the thing we said it on monday this stupid team is gonna win they're the stupid <laughs> team. This stupid, stupid team is going to go out there. We're both going to say, we're both going to say that the bears are going to go out there and get their break speed off them. And then they're going to win. 
And then Cairo Santos is going to beat the Bucks on his last second field goal once again. And it's going to be insane. And we're gonna, and we're going to come here on Monday morning, or not Monday morning, but we're going to come here on Monday. And we're Maggie's say, not getting fired. No, oh. no, no, not even that. I'm going to sit in this chair on Monday and be like, I don't know, I I don't know. That that's what's going to happen because that's yeah. what this team does. They they make us rip our hair out, and then after that we have what the Niners. After that, winnable and game. I think, yeah, you got the Niners. And then and then Trey Lance is just going to absolutely torch them, and it's going to be it's going to be <laughs> so infuriating. I wouldn't bet on that, but it's well, possible. Still. It's yeah, Great. yes. What you're talking about, like I, uh, yes, it's it, they're confusing, they're annoying, they do everything you don't expect them to do, and that's why it's so frustrating, you know. And that's why I said to Jerry, I said, look, it, the Bears keep games close; they're not supposed to keep close. Like I'm gonna pick them to cover the spread because it's it's they're like either yeah, I am Jake. Either either they're gonna keep it close from the start, and the Buccaneers are gonna score like a, it's gonna be another 24-14, or they're gonna make a fake comeback in the fourth quarter and score like two touchdowns in the fourth and bring it back and and do a, a late cover. Um, what do you call what do you call that, Jake? You're the better man. What do you call backdoor that? Backdoor cover. You do? Backdoor cover. That's what it's called. Backdoor cover. You know what I mean? So. If I had to guess, the, here's what's going to happen, Jake. If if I had to guess the formula of this game, what's going to happen? You know, uh, Buccaneers score first, go up 7-0. Uh, it stays that way for the whole first quarter. Bears score early in the second quarter. You know, you get a nice fuel position somehow, some way. Uh, you score at 7-7. Buccaneers get like a field goal uh, in the second quarter, maybe a touchdown. It's 14-7 at the half. You're like, oh, this is a game, man. Like, they have, they have a shot. This is a game. Third quarter, Bears get a field goal. They keep them close, like, Six minutes left in the third quarter, and the Bears are down like fourteen to ten or, or seventeen to four, something of that nature, right? It's a, it, it's an in reach game, and then Tom Brady hits like Antonio Brown for a seventy yard touchdown, or you know somebody on the Bears fumbles, and then the Bucks go up like twenty four fourteen, but then the Bears, you know, the Bears crawl back. They the Bears score a touchdown or, or a field goal twenty four seventeen or something, and then the Buccaneers throw the dagger in you, and it's thirty one, you know. 21 at finals you know like you know how this game's gonna play out this is what happens yeah. every single week they're gonna keep it close there's gonna be a point in this game where you're gonna say the bears might have a chance to win like the bet like the one percent chance that you have the bears are gonna win it, it it might happen for two quarters of that game and they're gonna break your hearts and that's why losses feel so excruciating for this team in comparison just just get it let us get blown out all right it hurts <laughs> more to keep it close and then lose in that fashion am i wrong no i, I definitely be, because when you get blown out, you have time to just resign yourself to the fact and just say, okay, this is happening. I get what you're saying completely. No, yeah. absolutely get what you're saying. All right. Well, in the last couple minutes here, let's do our predictions. That being said, the spread is 12 and a half, obviously in the Bucks' favor. It's in Tampa Bay. All right. I mean, I think it's going to be ugly. I, I 31 to 10. I think this game okay. is the Bucks. And, I, and you know what? I think you're exactly right, Kevin. It's going to be 14, seven at the half. It's going to be 14 to seven at the half and you're going to lose 31 to 10. It's just going to be something where you're going into the half. You're saying, all right, here we go. You know, there was some stuff. All right. And then like Jarrett Payton said, they don't make the adjustments. There's nothing yeah. that gets done at halftime. They come out flat to whatever they don't adjust. The bucks do adjust and they just run away with it in the second half. 31 10. Don't get me wrong, Jake. When it's 14 to seven at the half, I'm going to be freaking cheering my ass off like holy shit Tweet. Tweet. the tweets are gonna be flying yeah I, I, don't, I don't this bears team man i don't know like <laughs> they might have something you know I, I don't know uh and then we're gonna get let down again i'm gonna go 31 23 again like I, I do think this game is kept a little bit closer um i don't know why or how but i, I just <laughs> i, I, I got feeling i got feeling i don't have ex like i don't have explanations for this anymore dude i don't um i i I like that you just lean into the to the bit of being the eternal optimist. Like you're you you're admitting no reason, nothing to it. You're just going with it. I respect Someone's that. Someone's got to provide that perspective. I have to respect me. it. Yeah, you got to do it, man. Everyone else is so negative. I mean, shit. I picked them to lose, so I don't really know how optimistic. I, I, there's got to be somebody out there who's picking them to win. Shit, me from three years ago probably would have picked them to win at, the, at this rate. Uh, but. This is a different time, and you know, after accepting what Matt Nagy is, and everyone in the world knowing that, including the opposing team, you have zero basis to actually believe, like full wholeheartedly, that they're going to win. So, yeah. thirty-one twenty-three bucks. We're now even on yearly predictions. We're both four and two. Um, so, I guess we'll find out this week who takes the reins. Well, actually, no. We'd either both be four and three, or both. Right. Be five <laughs> and two, so. That's it. 
All right. Well, that does it. Another episode of Bear Station Podcast in the books. Thank you to Jarrett Payton. Great time talking Amazing. with him today. That was awesome. Great interview. If you didn't, for some reason, go listen. Go listen to it again, just because. Because Jarrett's a great just guy, man. and that was a lot of fun. But anyway, that does it for me and Kevin. We'll be back on Monday to break down what is likely going to be a Bears loss. But regardless, hey, let's have some fun this weekend. Everybody go have some fun. Let's hope Justin Fields actually has some fun, even if they probably don't win. But for myself, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. See you Monday. Until then, bear down. Bear down. Yeah.